This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, I'm on the road today. I'm in Murray, Kentucky at Murray State University. I'm with the football team, the uh, Racers, as they're known. And our special guest today is Cam Petty. Hi, Cam. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. And you are, uh, let me guess, you're a player on the team. I'm going to guess based on your size. I'm looking at uh, six foot two forty. Is that what we have? <laughs> six foot two, uh, 390. Not 390. 300. 300? Uh, you yeah. carry it well. I thought t- 240. I thought you were, I was going to say... Uh, you know, middle linebacker. But no. if you're th- if you're six foot three hundred, we're defensive line or a, maybe a right guard. tackle. Your nose gu- nose guard. Yes, sir. Nose guard. All right. Well, as as much fun as I like to have talking about football with football players, the reason we're talking to you is for our public affairs show to talk about the community service going on here with the Murray State University football racers. You are a member of the student advisory council, or what's the set? It's the SAC, the S A A C. What's that stand for? Uh, student athlete advisory council. Student athlete. I forgot the word athlete. Student athlete advisory council, and uh, that's a, a council between all of the teams, male and female, yes. uh, here at the university uh and as a representative from the football team what do you guys do to give back to the community uh so every year around thanksgiving we do the can drive we start the november 1st and we have that in by the end of november and then also we do the read across america week we send at least two or three athletes from each team to every elementary school in the city so you've got a couple athletes from the football team that you send to an elementary school to read to the kids. Yes, sir. Are they um, what I'll call normal size guys? Is this, a, is this a wide receiver, or do you send the six foot seven monster? Uh, we try to send at least a guy <laughs> from each position group. So we got monsters in every position group. So uh, they're not they're not kids. They're all so what guys. do these uh, elementary age kids think when when a six five three hundred guy walks in to, to read to them? Oh, you would think the Dallas Cowboys are coming in to read to these kids the way they act. A lot of them come to the game, so they're familiar with us and know what we do, and they're always really excited. That's fantastic that you get involved with the kids and, and show them how important reading is. Uh, my stomach is grumbling since you mentioned Thanksgiving, uh, and you've got that canned food drive. Um, tell us about how the last canned can food drive, how it went for you guys. Like, where do you have it? Is it in the stadium or on campus, or do you go off campus? So every SAC representative for each team, they gather the cans for each team, and Usually the track and field team or the golf team wins, but this year football won, and we all gather it up. And then the weekend before Thanksgiving, the sack people, we all take it over to the uh, knee line. That's where they collect the cans at. And there's not, uh, do you feel guilty if you find a can of green beans that you're really wanting? You put those aside for you, or do you actually give all the cans away? For me, it's usually the Vienna sausages. As bad, <laughs> as bad as an athlete, I shouldn't eat those, but me being from Alabama, that's the one that's hard for me to stack up and give away. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, our guest is Cam Petty. He's with the Student Advisory, uh, Student Athlete Advisory Committee uh, here at uh, Murray State University. He's a nose guard on the football team. Uh, while I have you here, let's talk about two other issues that are uh, that play out well on public affairs radio. Academics, uh, very important for the youth of America to hear from a college student athlete how important academics are. Um, what are you studying? Um, I am in grad school for my master's of communication slash PR, and I graduated undergrad with an advertising and marketing major. Wow, impressive. So what do you want to do with that? 
I want to work in sales, advertising sales. This is my goal. Okay, well, maybe we have a conversation when we turn the microphones off here. (laughs) I'm going to have to get your LinkedIn. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, in addition to uh, academics, the other part of being a student athlete is being physical and taking your physical fitness seriously. Um, We love to support not only academics uh, and the importance of of smarts and brain power, but uh, physical fitness. I mean, it's a very important thing that a lot of Americans struggle with. Maybe they don't have the time to get off the couch in their adult life, uh, or maybe they just don't have the motivation or willpower to go do something. Um, What is your best advice? Now you're a coach to America, telling people, (laughs) motivate them to get involved with their physical fitness. Um, For me, especially coming off the pandemic, I'll happened to have surgery during the pandemic so I gained probably about 20 pounds going to last season and I was able to get it off this year and it's just getting out and being active and not sitting around and getting that weight off you kind of just helps with your mental health too because you feel better you know you're smiling more the days are more enjoyable it's just nice to get off the couch and get out there you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, your mental health, your mental state is in a better place when you're uh, more physically fit, or at least trying to be. Right. Uh, I, I myself, you get in these ruts where you're like, oh, I'm not going to work out today. And then all of a sudden, 30 of those days goes by, and now your mental state is just in the you know, in the toilet. So, uh, Cam Petty, we thank you for uh, your athleticism. We thank you for your, your academics, and good luck with your master's degree that you're getting here at Murray State University. And we uh, tip our hat to you for your work with community service and representing the football team with your student-athlete advisory committee. That's the SAC, and we advise, we advise our listeners to go check out the SAAC. Every campus has one. It's the Student-Athlete Advisory Committee, and there's always great ways to get involved. If you're a business owner in your uh, community and there's a campus, a college campus in your town, Get involved with your student advisory, uh, athlete advisory committee of your campus, and you can help out some people along the way. Cam Petty, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is the Adam Ritz Show. And we are back now in studio with the Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam and uh, Jay Baker on the phone with me. Hey, Jay, how are you? Hey, I am doing great, and I am glad you are back in the studio. Yeah, it's it's great great to be back, and I I, I didn't just mean uh, uh, back in the studio from the uh, interview we just uh, recorded at the uh, the campus of Murray State University, uh, but we, this is the first time I've been in studio uh, since March of 2020. We've been recording these uh, shows from my home studio, so it's nice to be back in the. Uh, Public Affairs Radio Studios, uh, powered by Vibonomics. We're in the Vibonomics headquarters, and I'm actually in a real radio studio now, and it feels and it feels so like peaches and herb. It feels so good. <laughs> peaches and herb uh, reunited, and it feels so good. So uh, yeah, Murray State University. Jay, I had a had a great time with the football players down there. We're talking about social media responsibility, and uh, we just featured an interview with Cam Petty. Uh, He's the Student Athlete Advisory Committee representative from the football team. And uh, you know more than anybody that uh, these student athletes, they really get involved with uh, community service in their uh, hometown, where their campus is. And we give uh, a tip of the hat to all student athletes across the country that know how important it is to take care of community service uh, in their hometown and on the, uh, the campus of the university where they're going to school. All right, so I want to switch gears here and talk about the Olympics um, and tie it into a charity that uh, I've become aware of. And uh, it all has to do with athletes selling 
their medals from the Olympics. Uh, sometimes they sell the, uh, the medals when they're on uh, hard times uh, for financial reasons. Uh, but a lot of these athletes, they see the value in their, in their gold and silver, silver medal, and they sell them to raise money for charity. So we want to tip our hats to all the athletes out there that uh, want to help out charities with, with what they've done on the playing field. Uh, I want to start with the Tokyo Games, the gold medals, you know, and as we talk about this, the closing ceremonies for the Tokyo Olympics are this weekend, Sunday evening. Uh, the gold medals won by the athletes contain more silver than actual gold. I didn't know that until I started researching no. this story. But there's more silver than gold in the gold medals, uh, which makes up about six grams of the total weight of the 556 grams, uh, this according to the International Olympic Committee. Uh, when you start looking at auctions and the sale of, uh, of a, a gold medal or a medal from the Olympics, uh, just to get an idea of what these are worth or how much money they could get, a first place silver medal from the very first modern Olympics in Athens in 1896. And if you were paying attention, you heard me say a first-place silver medal. There were no gold medals at that Olympics uh, in the early days of the modern Olympics. The first-place medals were sil- silver. Well, the first-place pl- first silver medal from those games commanded a six-figure um, auction price on the eve of this year's you know, Tokyo Games just a few weeks ago. Uh, that silver medal sold for $180,000, according to wow. RR Auction, a Boston-based uh, auction house that handled uh, the sale of this medal. $180,000 for the uh, the silver medal from the Olympics uh, in 1896. Um, that'd be some nice change to, to have laying around that you could, you know, if you could afford that. What a cool thing to have it hanging in your office or in your man cave. <laughs> well, as you said, it's one of a kind for sure. Well, Bill, we bring this up in a public affairs uh, arena with Bill Russell, you know, the basketball player, Boston Celtics legend. Uh, He won a gold medal in the 1956 Olympics uh, when he served as captain of the U.S. basketball team. He's putting his gold medal up for auction this fall, and he's doing it to raise money for um, his uh, mentorship uh, foundation called Mentor. One word, mentor. So if you Google mentor Bill Russell, you'll find it. Uh, A lot of these proceeds will go to mentor. It's a charity that he co-founded that promotes youth mentorship opportunities. So along with that 1956 gold medal from the 56 Olympics, he's going to auction off some of his NBA championship rings, um, a warm-up jacket that he wore for the Celtics, and some some of his other memorabilia. That is going to bring in an enormous chunk of change. So we want to give uh, Bill Russell a shout-out for taking some of the things that I know he holds dear to his heart uh, and auctioning them off for for a great cause. Uh, How much would you pay, Jay, for his championship rings and his 1956 Olympic gold medal? I'm just sitting here in awe of how cool these items are because to me, Bill Russell is like such a basketball icon. I can't, I can't even imagine, but yes, to have that gold medal, 
I could easily see a collector, as you said, going well over, you know, maybe even 200 grand for an item like that. Well, remind me uh, downstream, if you will, to follow up on this. The, the auction is going to be in the fall. Uh, so I definitely want to do a follow up report on this just to see how much money was raised with those awesome Bill Russell memorabilias that are going to be in somebody's basement or office someday. Maybe I'll buy them. I don't know. Sure. Maybe. Absolutely. I'll... You've got 200 grand burning a hole in your pocket. I mean, I've got a few months to get it. I, who knows what? <laughs> I could win the lottery. You never know. You never know. Uh, Absolutely. No, I'm impressed. And I think it is cool, as you said. Uh, when someone takes a look at the items that they have and they realize, yes, these are important items to me, but in a charity setting, I could raise quite a bit of money. In fact, uh, Neil Sean of Journey just recently put up over 100 guitars from his private collection up and is auctioning them off for charity. So, I think it's so cool. You know, he he even said candidly, they said, aren't you going to miss these? And some of these are historic gems. They were used to record famous Journey songs. He said, look, he goes, I'm just not that sentimental of a guy, and I know I can raise money for charity. And he, if he has to hear "Don't Stop Believing" one more time, he's gonna he's gonna swallow Drano. Uh, That's probably it. He's getting rid of that specific guitar. So aren't you gonna miss these guitars? He's like, I I'm trying to forget them. I want them out of my house. They're collecting dust. The last thing I need is another guitar. Uh, so here's a little uh, some other pricing, I guess, on some other metals that have gone in auction, just to give you some uh, idea on on the money that these uh, gold medals from the Olympics can pull in. Uh, a gold medal won by an unidentified member of the 1984 U.S. basketball team, which you'll remember was called the Dream Team. Yes. Uh, the roster included you know, Patrick Ewing, uh, Chris Mullen, I think Barclay, Charles Barkley was on there. Well, someone from that team, unidentified, sold their gold medal. It went for just over $83,000 just last month in July. Wow. Uh, Here's the big one. $1.5 million a collector paid in 2019 for one of the four gold medals that Jesse Owens won in 1936 in Berlin. $1.5 million. Yeah, and that's perhaps the most iconic athlete. And, you know, obviously the Jesse Owens story, I always tell people, look it up and learn all the th- aspects of that. And you're right. That's an amazing amount of money. And you're, and you're right about um, the most iconic maybe name in Olympic U.S. Olympic history. Uh, for our younger listeners that maybe didn't even know the, the Tokyo Olympics were on TV Uh, and maybe didn't watch any of it, maybe don't know that the 84 U.S. basketball team was called the Dream Team the way uh, our generation knows and honors the Olympics, Um, definitely do some research. Look up Jesse Owens' 1936 Olympics in Berlin. It is an amazing story and one of the most iconic, as Jay said, most iconic, maybe, you know, American athlete, uh, stories in history. Uh, and then to wrap this up, some of them don't go for as much as you would hope or as much as we have discussed. A silver medal in the sport of shooting from the 1900 Olympics in Paris 
recently sold for $1,200. So some of these, Jay, we can't afford. Yeah, if you saved up your couch change, you could afford that, yes. And the, the silver medal from shooting at the 1900 Olympics in Paris, in your basement on the wall from 35 feet away, it looks exactly like the $1.5 million gold medal from Jesse Owens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't get too close to that. Why? Is it because it's extremely valuable? No, I don't want you to check the date. Yeah, don't check the date or the sport or the the name of the person who won it. They're not as famous as Jesse Owens. So there's your Olympic update. Hopefully uh, you had some good times uh, here in the last uh, couple of weeks watching Olympics with friends and family and cheering on the, uh, the old U.S. of A., uh, this is the Adam Rich Show, and we're brought to you by Vibonomics. I'm in the Vibonomics Radio Studios right now. Uh, you can learn more about them by clicking their purple logo on our website, adamritzshow.com. They're an audio experience company playing music in retail locations across the country with voiceover messaging and advertising between the songs. And again, you can learn more about them uh, on their website, vibonomics.com, or the, the click link, uh, click the logo link right there on our website, Adam Ritz Show. Com. All right, I'm uh, I'm fired up. The Olympics, uh, you know, we've had a great summer. We're uh, into well into August now. Uh, back to school. It's football uh, has started. the uh, The first uh, preseason game is underway. You've got the Hall of Fame. I mean, the times they are a changing. 2021 is going so fast, uh, but it's certainly an exciting time of year. And uh, we turn now to Jay Baker for his view of public affairs. Well, as you pointed out, the football season is kicking back in, and that's exciting for both college and pros. And you were talking about student-athletes and wanting to get them engaged because, you know, sports stars, people look up to them. So why not use that ability if you're sort of a prominent person in the community to help raise money for charities? And there was a great story about a week ago about Kenny Moore, who's an Indianapolis Colts cornerback, and he's been helping a charity called A Kid Again, and it helps kids who have life-threatening conditions, and this organization actually takes kids out on free, fun adventures, and I thought that was just well put. You know, it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing. It can just be fun again. And you can look up their uh, website through Twitter. It's a kid again, just uh, like all one word. And they do a lot of national events. And you can also get more information on how you can help a kid again. But uh, they have a very active Twitter site. And they are doing a lot of great work to help kids that are uh, that have needs. Fantastic. I would like Uh, to be a kid again at times. Yes, you would. Uh, You know, we always uh, talk about health on this show. Uh, A gentleman, and and this is one of those things, when I first read this, I thought, wow, is this a misprint or is this just perspective or what? But Charlie Watts, who is the drummer for the Rolling Stones, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, the Rolling Stones are going back out on tour here probably about another month or so. And Charlie Watts is recovering from some surgery. It was a non-specified surgery, but he is doing well. His doctors want him to rest. Charlie Watts is 80 years old. Unbelievable. 
The Rolling Stones on the road with their 80-year-old drummer. Is he the senior of the group? Is he the oldest one? I think he might be the oldest one, but just to see 80 years old in print is fascinating to me. You know, we think of rock stars as guys wearing leather pants and staying up all night. (laughs) Picturing Charlie Watts going... On my non-touring nights, I'm in bed by 9:45. You know, does he? You know those little chairs that connect to the handrail of the stairs that can take you upstairs. Oh yeah. Do you think he has one of those mechanical chairs <laughs> that can bring him up to the drum kit? <laughs> he might. 80 years old. What a guy! And he uh, said he that's actually wants. Yeah, that he says he's anxious to when his rest period is up to uh, get back out on tour. The, the Rolling Stones out on the No Filter Tour and Keith Richards, of course, perhaps one of the most famous rock stars of all time, said they asked him, they said, Keith, why do you keep touring? And he said, this is the only job I know how to do. So uh, I thought that was well put. Well, you know, the 80 is, is not what it used to be. Uh, I recently <laughs> met um, uh, a gentleman named Rodney Justo. He's the lead singer of Atlanta Rhythm Section. And I felt like I was talking to a contemporary. He seemed like he was my age. And he dropped in the conversation that he was 76 years old. So he's right behind Charlie Watts. He's approaching 80. And he was in great shape. Or maybe I'm just in terrible shape. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I look and feel like I'm 76 years old. But, you know, 80, when I was a kid, 80 seemed like you were the crypt keeper. You might as well be 150 years old. Now, 80-year-olds today, they're out on stage rocking and rolling. So I guess that's uh, inspirational for, for people our age to know that, you know, use it or lose it. If you sit around and retire and do nothing, uh, that is not a retirement plan. You need to use it or lose it. Stay active. I've heard that from so many people so many of my elders that uh, I'm like, how do you how do you stay so young? And they're like, you got to stay active. You got to use it or lose it. So, uh, yeah, congrats to Charlie well Watts good. for staying behind that drum kit and and uh, you know belting out "Beast of Burden" at the age <laughs> of eight zero. Unbelievable. The fact that he remembers all the songs is impressive as well. You know, he maybe he thinks he's in the Beatles. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've always talked about on this show that uh, summertime is a fun time to go out and play a little golf. And some of these charity golf tournaments can raise an amazing amount of money for charity. Uh, in, recently in Lamont, Illinois, the Edward Foundation put on their annual Cog Hill Country Club golf outing. They raised $470,000 Get out. for their charity. I was amazed when I saw this. A half, Almost uh, a half mil? Almost a half mil. Uh, their main philanthropy, they are part of Edward Hospital in Lamont, Illinois. And uh, they have about 300 golfers participate. And they just have fine-tuned that tournament to a point where through silent auctioning and uh, creating uh, different philanthropic uh, aspects, they have been able to create a nearly $500,000 payday. That is unbelievable. That is, you know, unbelievable. We I do some work with golf outings, and, 
you know, you can wait, raise uh, 20, 30 grand. I mean, that's unbelievable to give to a charity. Uh, but with, with whatever they've done and the logistics it takes to get 300 golfers on a golf course and then be able to, on the side, sell sponsorships and have the silent auction, that's where the big money is. Uh, that's fantastic. They must have a lot of media support to be able to get the attention uh, for the sponsors to come on board. Uh, congratulations. Half mil. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is amazing. Also, our hat is off to three kayakers. We always are amazed at some of the physical traits that people have and their abilities. Three kayakers who crossed from Racine, Wisconsin to Holland, Michigan, 80 miles of open lake water. They did it in about 16 hours. Now, one of the gentlemen had been an Olympic kayaker. So, <laughs> so but yeah. these were these were older guys, Bill Bellinger, Rob Hartman, and Wayne Arthur. Uh, they took part in this. There's a, a certain kind of kayak that you can average higher speeds, and they averaged about six miles per hour over the open lake. They raised $10,000 for their charity called H2O Open Doors, that's which uh, does clean water and purification around the globe. You know, I love a theme. And when you can have a charity event involving a kayak on a body of water and the, and the foundation that benefits from that is water-related, I love a theme. That is fantastic. Yeah. It is a cool tie-in, so good for them. Uh, very interesting. Uh, here's something that's happening in America. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. That There's no easy fix for this, but just realize that America is having a bit of a loneliness crisis. Americans have fewer friends than ever, according to a new survey. Americans 18 and up. Uh, about uh, about half report having fewer than three close friends. Wow, um, I'm I don't know where I fall into the into line here with this uh, study. I have, you know, I, I think I have 300 close friends. But then, if you really look at it, I mean, what's a close friend? So, do you have right. to like see this person more than once every 18 months? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, uh, like you said, you have to have kind of a criteria for that. But it, uh, that's it, kind yeah. of a sad story. Fewer than three close friends. Well, you know, back to Charlie Watts in the Rolling Stones, use it or lose it. So with your health and activity, use it or lose it. And, you know, with your social uh, well-being, use it or lose it. Get involved. Join a pottery class. Get You know, go out to a... a uh, a free concert in the park. Uh, join a, a 5K. I mean, you'll meet people. Yeah, absolutely. But that was something that bared. And the reason why I said, you know, there's no easy quick fix. Uh, Adam's absolutely right. You got to get out. You got to get active. You got to meet people. But you do me need to make a conscious effort. But realize that this loneliness thing is a very real thing. And we've done more than uh, more than a couple of uh, shows where we have touched on this there, I would say, you know, alarming is probably a big word, but it's uh, it's a discouraging trend in my book. I agree. I agree with that for sure. Do you want to do a tip of the hat to, to uh, Knights of Columbus? They just concluded their big national convention. They're a Catholic fraternity service order founded in 1882. Kelly Clarkson. Yes, Knights absolutely. of Columbus. 
<laughs> Knights of Columbus. Knights of Columbus. <laughs> they, uh, during the pandemic, they had a leave no neighbor behind initiative. They uh, actually donated $7.7 million wow. to communities and gave out over 1.2 million pounds of food in the oh. last year. Wow. Yes. That's a, a major effort. That's fantastic. Did you say 7 million? Seven point seven wow. million dollars to communities uh, with the Leave No Neighbor Behind initiative All from right. Knights of Columbus. That's fantastic. Uh, I know they wear uh, you know feathers in their hats when they do their uh, <laughs> their official ceremonies. That's fantastic. Well, they do have a kind of a social aspect to them, so I think if you can have fun and still do well for others, that's good. Uh, their uh, overall. Uh, philanthropy goes to special olympics disaster relief and they are one of the main proponents of coats for kids we've heard of that program before yeah. last very, year they gave one hundred thousand coats for kids that is very interesting cool stuff uh we want to do a follow-up uh on on their coats for kids program this winter uh speaking of follow-up we will Come back with a follow-up report on Bill Russell and how much uh, change his uh, his memorabilia auction will pull. Keep in mind, this fall, if you want to buy Bill Russell's gold medal from the 1956 Olympics, they will auction that off uh, this fall. Uh, we'll have more information on that as the year progresses. Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show today. For our listeners, you can hear this show uh, in podcast form, as well as our past shows on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com. 